All right, back with another episode from the streets of Tokyo. It's the Royal Global Podcast. I'm Cliff. Chocolate Buddha in the house. We out here in uh, the streets of Tokyo. Yes. Uh, right across the street from Yoyogi Park. We're here at the Tokyo Rainbow Pride Parade. All right. It's a lot of uh, prideful people out here. It's colorful. And uh, yeah, yeah, we out here chilling, man. You know, in the old May uh, Chevy van, you know, mobile man cave, full effect, doing our thing. Definitely, definitely. So today's guest is uh, a fan of the podcast. And, we, you know, we're also a fan of his work and what he's doing in Absolutely. the community. And I'm going to just get straight to it and let him introduce himself. Sure. Huh? Thanks for having me, guys. This is yeah. Jimmy. I finally made it. To yeah, the, Jimmy. To my homie, Jimmy. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Hey, man. I feel like I've been following you guys for so long. It's I know, like, man. <laughs> come to the promised land. <laughs> you are in the promised land, yeah. my brother. So, Jimmy, give us a you know brief introduction. Tell us who you are. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just a creative out here in Japan trying to make it day by day. Set a couple of big goals in the future to run towards. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a CEO now officially, which is crazy. Never thought that would happen. Congrats. And uh, I'm trying to curate a new kind of a creative creative community in Tokyo, which I guess we'll talk about a little bit more. In yes. 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 So on one, right? This is on one. On All right. One. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Tell us what on one is about, man. Ayo, this is Late, a.k.a. Corn Rebel, Mega Late Show, Speakeasy TYO, Life Park, Ill Ruminations Affiliated, and you are listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast with Chocolate Buddha in Tokyo Cliff in a band riding around. Yeah, so On One is, uh, you know, still definitely a work in progress. It's evolving as it, as it goes along and the people that we meet and the communities we interact with, but um, yeah, just out the get-go, you know, on one and the name itself, we just had this feeling where there's so many people waiting until something happens, waiting until they get that check or they meet that person. Um, but instead of waiting on to on three, just do on one, man. You know, just get it yeah. out the door. There's nice. no point in waiting. Jump okay. off the cliff. Be the first. Get in the water. Yeah, I always <laughs> always wondered what that meant. But yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, Thanks yeah. for breaking so it down. It, yeah. it evolved into... Um, uh, yeah, just a really pure, simple message. Let's do it together, you know, think less. And just out of a very, you know, selfish kind of thing, because like many people starting something, I, I spent so much time in my head, you know, just thinking about it and having these conversations. But, you know, there's something magical that happens when you start talking to people, mm. getting the ideas out there. Um, you know, it was really important to us that uh, we know this young creative community is out there and that they're being... Uh, Underrepresented, underrepresented, underrepresented. Yeah, it sounds right. Anyway. Sounds about right. <laughs> underrepresented. Yeah, whatever. If it's not yeah, right, so whatever. We, we know. <laughs> we know that there's this amazing group of creative talents. I've seen them. Mm -hmm. Gone to these awesome places, clubs, venues, parades, events. Um, but everyone is kind of siloed, you know. And the older I, I'm getting, it's harder for me to stay out until 2 a.m. to see <laughs> their gig, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a Kanagawa brother too, so yeah, I can't always. Uh, can only miss the last train every so many times exactly year, or in the month i should say but um the challenge was you know how do we get these guys out guys and girls you know how do we get them out there and, to, and collect them in one place and make it all feel natural and uh of course the easiest way to do it is the way they're used to do it so we started off more like a party vibe um but you know there's better parties out there than we can create and and parties are hard, yeah, and they and they cost a lot, and uh, it's hard to connect. That was one of the things that we were, was really important to us. We don't want people getting too turned up, if you will, because then you speaking of getting turned up, yeah, I think we we got the the party, <laughs> we got some the, competition, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we got this truck blast, just jeep blasting. Oh, I think that yeah, that Ben's jeep, yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, go with your G wagon. I see you. All right, got the oh no no no, that's okay. the that's the Rainbow Pride <laughs> truck. Oh, well, whatever you want to call it. Okay, that. got the EDM going. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, back so, to you, Jim. So yeah, yeah I mean, it was uh, how how do we what kind of group do, are we trying to attract, um, and what kind of elements to the event do we need in order to keep people in the right mindset where they don't switch to just drink it and have a good time because yes. we don't want to become the pregame party. 
Yeah. Because yeah. we're out in Shibuya. That's one of kind of where we call home. And you're to like around 7. Yeah, so from 7 to 10. 10 yes. We try to keep the entry costs low, but mm-hmm. try to keep it entertaining and interesting. Um, so that was a big challenge in the beginning. Also different people, you know, we got some pretty mature, serious people that are trying to take their craft and their passion and turn that into their mainstay. And then we have people that are just, you know, there to consume and have a good time and it takes an entire group of people to make make a community yes um but we knew that we were trying to serve uh a different a different mindset in that creative creative uh ecosystem and uh, eventually we really nailed this um not not division but the two genres of creative lifestyle and creative entrepreneurship Uh, and i'd say the main difference is you know creative lifestyle is this passion-based you're ready to support um, you're ready to go out there and express yourself. Um, but entrepreneurship, I think, which is a word that I'd love to go back to. Yeah, yeah. Um, is more about taking that passion and trying to convert it into a sustainable entity. And by sustainable, I don't just mean cash. I mean, you know, you're able to do it uh, consistently and um, draw an equal crowd and grow with the group and community and still attract new members as well. And that's that's a whole different ball game yes it is it's a challenge i bet um you know and i've said this to people here and there is that you know i've been here almost seven years and you know japan is a good place overall i think you know it's not perfect far from perfect right and uh you know besides the temples and the shrines and the sushi and all that besides that which is, is a beautiful thing the international community is something that I've been like really into recently, and that and this is why I go to online events, and this is why I, you know I go to some other networking events, because like I think I've kind of found my passion, I guess, for right now, or you know just really like networking and interacting with people and building a community here, right? Because we, you know, you, you can hang out with Japanese, um, you can do the, you know all Japanese thing and be around a whole bunch of Japanese people and that's cool you know we, we, we can adapt I'm not saying we can't adapt but uh, I, I still think we need more we need a diverse community right of creatives and well at least for me I'm speaking for myself I think that's that that, that really motivates me to, to do things here I and, think you, know, you, you you're exactly right man yeah. I mean, I've been in Japan for going on my 12th year now and like many people when I got here I was like alright I'm going all in uh, language. Um, I didn't have enough, you know, cash to go to school and learn all that stuff. So I was just like going out, meeting people, um, and actively, you know, staying away from the international community because I, I didn't want to get comfortable, you know. Yeah. And um, eventually, as I evolved and I wanted to do more sustainable stuff, I realized the things that I wanted to do. And getting older, you know, the older you get, the more you realize who you are, and you realize what you're willing to to be flexible on. And when you're willing to be flexible on that, and what is you? And I mean, like you alluded to before, you know, Japan, like any homogeneous, or yeah, Japan, like any country where you only have a certain type of people, yes, or a certain type of mindset, or, or kind of one education to rule them all, uh, it's hard uh, to stick to who you are, and it's it's not it's exhausting. Yeah, that's what I would say. And I'm, I was kind of done with being exhausted. And I had a, all these amazing uh, mentors as well, Japanese and foreign alike. Um, and, you know, what they would always tell me is just, Jimmy, why do you keep trying to go against the flow, man? Like just, I, I know that's like part of your nature. And I retrospectively, I, I realized that, you know, I, I love if it, if it doesn't, you know, I was kind of uh, brought up to, man, if, it does, if you don't feel pain, then you are moving forward. Um, and you get so used to that in a country that it's foreign to you because everything is painful i mean going to buy milk and then buying drinkable yogurt that's not a that's not a pleasurable experience (laughs) when you pour in your cereal and so yeah uh, and then as a professional you just got to realize you know disruption uh uh, i'm an american or i yeah i grew up in america have an american experience if you will Mm -hmm. uh and you where's my my train of thought as an American, especially in the last few years, we're taught that disruption, disruption is everything. If you're going to do a new business, if you're going to start something new, you have to flip the table. 
Mm. That's the only way to make a splash. And that is not a universal code. <laughs> especially in this country. Yeah. Especially in this country. I think especially, I'm, I, haven't been, I haven't lived much in Asia, but I think, you know, the only way you'll win is if you create options. You create a parallel entity, a parallel option, a parallel community that isn't going against anyone, that isn't trying to take Disrupt anybody. anything. Yeah, I'm not trying to take win from you or take yeah. any of your, you know, what you've built. Yeah. I'm just doing this little thing over here on the side. And, you know, if you, if you want to come through, please come through. And if you like it, please uh, feel welcome to stay. But I understand, you know, tomorrow you got to go back to your corporate job and, and you got, you know, this kind of lifestyle and family. And, and that's totally fine. And I find that if you take that approach, not only are people that have grown up with a Japanese experience more likely to support you and uh, show up, um, but they just feel more comfortable. Yeah. And when you want to scale... And when you're looking for things uh, that might have been beyond your reach before, there are a lot more doors open. And then once that door opens, that's the hardest part in Japan, is just getting not even a foot in the door because they find ways to close it on your foot. Really, <laughs> <laughs> You have to have someone welcome you in. Okay. And once you're in, suddenly a lot of the, the struggles and irritating things just go, all the rules go out the door. It's like, wait, I thought this was, high. no, no, you're cool, man. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> So that's been uh, a learning process that I've, it's literally taken me 12 years to understand how much I don't know and yeah. then reapproach things Yeah, from that side. Now, you, you went to, you did some college here, right? Did some yeah, I went to grad, grad school at grad school? KO. That was another part of the, uh, so I went to school at Carnegie Mellon back home okay. in Pittsburgh. That was a long time ago. I uh, worked a bit for an automaker uh, out of, in Detroit, out of Pittsburgh. Uh, and then came over here uh, when I was when I was finally ready to kind of take it to the next level. I realized one of the hurdles was I didn't have that Japanese stamp of approval. You know, nothing in my CV or resume said, oh, this guy has has been through the, the gauntlet in Japan and been proven. So uh, at that point, I was like, I need to get something because I've never worked for like a Japanese company full time here. OK, um, so I need to get some kind of approval and get a door into that network, like I mentioned before. Now that I have my Japanese ability, uh, language-wise, I know what I want. Okay. I was an older cat going, to, you know, I was 20, 28 or so. It's kind of old okay. in Japan. Yeah, yeah, I came here around that time too. Yeah, so, um, you know, Japanese grad school, generally they go from university or undergrad straight to grad school. The idea of going into uh, grad school after being a professional, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Yeah. So when I was, I'm going off a little bit, but uh, it's a funny story. When I was going to, um, uh, so Keio's a private school. It's like one of the most expensive in Japan. It's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, so there's no way I was going to do it without scholarships. But the only way I could apply for scholarships is if I applied, if I was already a student. And then I could apply to apply for, it's like some Japanese stuff. You know? <laughs> and to be a student, you have to pay the first like semester of cash, which is like 10,000 10, grand. Sorry, sorry, that's not that's a lot of money. So you have to pay the first uh, tuition, which is uh, ten thousand dollars U.S. Okay. a million yen. Okay. And so, and I also have to become a student, so I have to switch my visa to a student visa. So I'm just like, that's cool, whatever. I go to immigration. I'm um, like, you know, can I have the forms to switch to student visa? I have a full time working visa now. They looked at me. I'm speaking Japanese. I'm speaking Japanese. They looked at me like I was crazy. Like I said, working. Well, now you, you want to go? You want to? become a student, student? again <laughs> yeah. i kid you not i had to write a two-page essay at the immigration center explaining in japanese uh i they wanted me to japanese i was like no <laughs> um, you guys have to meet me halfway here <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so i had to explain why as a working professional i wanted to go back to education and that that is just that's just a mind blow into yeah, yeah, yeah. the the kind of mindset yes. in Japan. Yeah. So, and the big reason why I, I, I only applied to one school, Keio, because I knew that that's, it was only one with a real global program. Uh, I had English and Japanese program. I wanted to do networking across the board. Um, and I was like, if I get into this school, I'm going. It has a brand value. It's kind of like a, a Yale or a Stanford, mm -hmm. gotcha. Harvard area. Kind of. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, yeah, I went, I went to, to school in Keio. I managed to, you know, get in there and connect the way I wanted to connect. Um, which was uh, crucial to, uh, 
to getting me where I am now. But that that was an investment of ten thousand bucks, man. That was scary. Wow. That was scary. But I ended up getting the full ride scholarship. There's only like three in the whole school. I got the full ride everything. That was, wow. That was wild. What, what kind of scholarship was it? Uh, it was a, I think it was a school school or school st- or state oh both a school and state sponsored scholarship that recognized like you know high potential student whatever okay i'm older i just I don't, i'm not that cool or anything i just know how to write it you know to make, <laughs> make myself look make, delicious yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and i'd i'd had a portfolio and everything like that and mm-hmm. knew what my goal was so i managed to get a full ride uh for the two years and um uh some a stipend as well which was which was crucial yeah now you mentioned that th- this was an important move you made step um why you say that? I mean, I I, I, yeah. I get it, but kind of go more into detail. Sure. So I was when I first came to Japan, I was living in Nagoya. I was okay. in the automotive industry before, and Nagoya is where like uh, or Aichi Prefecture Prefecture is where uh, like Toyota and all these. So other you transferred? Oh, no, was I was, transfer? I was working. Oh, he's just working. Yes, okay, I'll go into the. Yeah, this is a hour long podcast, right? Now. Yeah, okay, yeah I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a however long podcast. Yeah, however long. All right, so <laughs> ba- basically, um, I was stateside uh, working for GM okay. General Motors. A really cool job, uh, car designer, but not the cool, sexy kind. I was the the nerdy one doing like the the, the instrument panel and stuff and research, basically translating translating cars from uh, analog gauges to digital. And okay. I was in the Cadillac division. Nice, that was super cool. Cadillac. Cadillac. All right. I see. I see the car I was working on every once in a while and drive around Tokyo. But okay. Um. So. I was basically getting ready. I didn't want to go to Detroit at the time. That was what my boss was kind of proposing. Um, and cause it, was kind of, it kind of paralleled Pittsburgh in a lot of ways. And I was looking for a new experience. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to open up this really cool um, advanced uh, design studio in San Francisco. And this is in like 2007, eight. So, so like things are bubbling. People are starting to figure out San Francisco, but if uh, it's kind of like bef- it's not the Silicon Valley as we know it. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Now, so it was a cool new opportunity. I was like, wow, it's California. Never been out to the West Coast before. And, but what I said was, okay, I'll I'll be one of the initial team, but I want to uh, go to Japan, and pick up some, you know, some cool ideas about uh, interface stuff over there, and I need to be immersed in the culture. So six months. So my boss was totally cool. Uh, he let me go and uh, took a hiatus, basically, before I would start. Um, but like many of us at the time, I didn't see that the Lehman shock or the housing crisis was just around the corner. So I'm this, you know, right-eyed kid going to Tokyo. Or I was in Nagoya, going to Nagoya. It's a completely new world to me, um, picking up a lot of the stuff. But I realized, you know, to really understand the Japanese ethos, you got to live the life. It's not yeah. something you can pick up in six months of school. So I was talking back and forth and negotiating with my boss. I was like, I think I'm going to send it to a year. Um, He's like, that's fine, that's fine. Um, Also, was looking for internships and stuff. And then, of course, uh, I canceled my ticket. (laughs) Because I am going to be here for another year. It's all good. I have a couple interviews lined up. Uh, Then the Lehman shot comes, and the whole world goes cold. And then I'm like, all right, maybe I should probably I should probably go back before things get too crazy. And uh, I'm literally looking through. Uh, this is Excite back then. It's not even Google. I'm, I'm searching through Excite <laughs> and uh, for plane tickets. And then uh, GM goes bankrupt. Wow. So I'm either way. I got to start from zero. If I go back home, I got to start completely from scratch because I graduated a bit early. So all my all my peers and stuff were already done and doing stuff. And uh, I was like, whatever, I'm here. The language seems to be sticking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things ain't looking too hot stateside. So might as well uh, sit out the storm over here and see what happens. And like many people, it turned into 12 years. 12 years. <laughs> yep. yeah. All right. Feeling. <laughs> All right. So now that you've sure. caught us up, back to your time at KO. And yeah. You said it was an important stage, step in your life. Crucial. Crucial. So, you know, one was um, just, you know, risk taken. I'd already taken the big risk jumping out of uh, the States and coming here. A lot of that was just based on being lucky enough to have gone through the educational experience and been able to have a situation where I 
was had the grades, had the opportunities. When luck came along, I was ready. Um, and with that comes this constant, um, not noise, but background of, oh, man, you made it. Oh, you're going to be set. Oh, you have nothing to worry about. The world is waiting for you. But internally, I never felt <laughs> that. And I had this, you know, we call it self-esteem issues or whatever you want to call it. I think it's pretty human. You hear all these things and people talking about you, but it's like, that doesn't sound like me. And so I was like, all right, let me, maybe this is just my self-doubt. And maybe, yeah, maybe I am, maybe I am an American, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And maybe I, I uh, you know, all these grades and all these schools that I went to, maybe they do count for something. So if they do count for something, if I drop myself in a country where I don't know anybody, or I'm illiterate, or I can't even tell the difference between, you know, milk and drinkable yogurt. <laughs> right. Then I should be fine, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a golden child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Japan promptly handed my ass to me. Damn. Promptly. I mean, yeah, the honey- honeymoon, like, you know, the two hun- or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, this is cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in Nagoya, so it's kind of the, the country, if you yeah. like. But even then, after, like, two months, when I'm like, okay, let me see what's happening here. Like, I got some of my savings. Can I open a bank account? Nah. Nah, you ain't ready for that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Come back. Uh, okay, can you help me with, help, hook me up with one of those stamps? <laughs> nah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you do in Japan? What company are you with? Oh, I'm not with a company, but I have this great portfolio, and you know, I have this. Nah. So um, that transition to from the romantic stage of living in Japan to actually, you know, what? I kind of want to build something here. That is like the first cutoff, I think, that a lot of uh, foreigners in Japan who've been here for a while have to to get over. Um, and man, I hit I hit so many walls. I was, and on top of that, the economy's down, so I can't even find a lot of work in in Japan uh, for design stuff. I've done construction. I'm talking about constru- I'm talking about gutting buildings and out in the roads. Mm-hmm. I've done uh, 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 restaurant work. Mm-hmm. I helped. One of the one of the restaurants I helped gut, ended up being really good friends with uh, the owner. Then I found out I was a designer, helped him design the place, then helped him build it. And wow. then he was like, "Hey, you want to work?" And I was like, "All right." So I was a, a cook for like another a year, a year while doing design stuff, while starting uh, starting up a, a magazine, all this other weird stuff. It was like there's twenty. I'm in my twenties, and there's twenty four hours in the day. I can use twenty hours. <laughs> So in other words, he just assumed, hey, I got this, I got this schooling and went to K.O. University yeah. and everything, and, and the doors are just going to open. All I got to do is just show yeah, this is, them. This is Carnegie Mellon back then. Yeah, so yeah, Carnegie this, Mellon. This before, and, yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I, I should be good. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Only thing uh, construction related is me showing them how to build my crib. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, yeah. Uh, but I've been know, there too, brother. So, but yeah. you know what it is? It's um, the missing part of all uh, of that education that I had was the human element. And uh, I know the word gets thrown around a lot, but the diverse element, you know, that you can't really expect to build or create anything at, re- at real scale or momentum if you don't have an idea and better an experience that can um, help you to relate and create value for more than just people like you. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so getting back to the KO thing. So, um, so that was a risk coming to Japan and most people myself, like I, I should have been okay with that. Like I figured it out, got my ego balanced, mm-hmm. um, was getting more design work and things were going, became a salary man for a bit. Now we can get back to that in a little bit, but, uh, I realized I need to keep pushing it. Like I, I, I did it. Okay. Well, let's see how much farther I can go. And, uh, things are kind of drying up in Nagoya as for a kind of a creative individual there aren't that many opportunities to flex it's pretty conservative i think everyone would agree with me with that um and tokyo i was ready i was ready for tokyo because i had a mission uh tokyo like any big city if you don't have a mission and you drop yourself people there's plenty of things to get distracted and it'll eat you alive yeah. so i knew what i wanted i knew how much i want to invest in it um and i just said it if i get into ko i'm gone i'm gone and it happened yeah Nice, man. Nice. Oh, so all the construction and stuff happened before KO. I saw before KO, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. That, that was, was really Yeah, saying, sorry about the timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, brother got What's this like degree in this. And now you're out here. That's an online and course. Online course. Framing <laughs> houses and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so yeah, I was a Carnegie Mellon back in the States. Uh, 2007, I graduated a bit early. Uh, came out here. 
um, and uh, yeah, I lived lived in Nagoya for I think about six years, and then made the jump from uh, Nagoya to actually Kanagawa, okay, uh, and uh, to Keio. Yeah. Nice man. So yeah. you you felt that you needed that Ko to put you over the hump. Exactly. So I was doing. Um, a lot of different work, but I realized in conversations and in negotiations or just in any kind of um, you know, business development, I didn't have that kind of Japanese seal of approval in my resume. And it's really important because it's kind of part of the vetting process. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, any country or, or organization, they want to see something that they can relate to to let someone know that someone else has taken the risk on them and they turned out okay. Right. And... Uh, you know, unfortunately, in in because the world is run by people that were educated in the twenty first century style, <laughs> you got to you got to yeah. make them happy. Uh, well, it's an e- it's easier to make them happy, and having a, a stamp like uh, like Ko mm-hmm. helps. And so went there. Uh, you know, definitely took another gamble, but was able to connect to the right people and, and get myself to where I needed to be. Cool. And now you said you've recently become a CEO. Yeah, what a wild ride, man. I don't even know if that's was hearing from Terry from a while back, from Brooklyn Terry. Yeah. Know, all these weird labels, man. I don't really, I don't feel like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess technically, yeah, I guess okay. that's that's what I am. But mm. uh, but I own something okay. more than anything. And I have like a responsibility now. I think that's the way I see it to a community. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've, uh, I have a Kabushiki Gaisha. It's mm. a... It's an incorporated company on one Inc. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, the next step to learning how to make my money work for me and the community and creating okay. that value. Yeah. Okay. What are like some of the goals you have for on one so in uh, the future? Yeah. I have uh have a couple big goals. Yeah. Can't tell too many people yeah, yeah, because you, you know you don't have to people tell. start thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> no, but one of my um big goals is to create the biggest fashion tech event in Japan and then the world. Um, I think uh, only until maybe a year or two ago that I realized the power uh, for communicating new ideas that the mediums mediums of fashion, art, music, and technology uh, can do. And my background is industrial design. And I've spent a really long time in my early career really trying to get people to understand the value of design. But unfortunately, you know, design is it's good and bad. Design is kind of a confusing um, word. And a lot of people feel like they can't relate to it off the back. Um, it's definitely part of everyone's story and background and lifestyle. But there's something very primal and raw, if I can steal your word, about <laughs> music, art, and now, like technology, it's such an interesting part of our lives, um, and fashion as well. Everyone can relate to it. If you wear clothes, if you sing, if yeah. you don't like wearing clothes, I know Buddha's not. <laughs> <laughs> New beaches, baby. Go all natural. Yeah, you, know, you can relate to it. In, yeah, that was a good one. Way. So, um, what episode was that? Oh, that was. Yeah, we was talking about New Beaches and shit. Yeah, maybe that was Dante. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's been a constant theme, man. I've, yeah, I've been I mean, slipping I'm, in I'm put, Yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm promoting it. Yeah, he, he, I used <laughs> to be a member of the uh, AANR American. Uh, I forgot what it meant. He but, slips uh, it. He slips it in whenever he can. Yeah. <laughs> More like slips out. Yeah, yeah. slips out. <laughs> even even one of the ladies in yoga class, she was like, what do you wear? Yeah, you're you know, a little bit too comfortable over there. Yeah, yeah. She was like, what do you wear? I was like, nothing. Yeah, you're in the privacy of your home, own home. <laughs> Just take off all your clothes. You don't know how freeing it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, so so as far sure. as is is um, you thinking crazy? I don't think nothing wrong with it. I I, I think it's beautiful. Well, man. well, he yeah. he said he said some of them he can't tell you. So yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. I so that's the crazy part. But man, just just you know yeah. that that's that's how a lot of shit was built. Was people well, just, it's just yeah. were were looked at as crazy people, but they just it's a sign you're on the right track, right? Yeah, as long as you're not hurting anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as you're not hurting anybody, man. Do your thing, man. Yeah, I'm so totally you know, I I noticed I, I kind of picked up on that by just um, knowing that those kind of elements are what I needed and whatever I was going to. I didn't know what I was going to build, but I know those elements are very important. So going out into the community in Tokyo. Um, and seeing the energy and seeing the way people change. And recently I've been really on this kind of like uh, post-national mindset. I think uh, 
as a society, we're, f- we're finally seeing glimpses into the future, like the next stage of where we're supposed to be. And there was something about when I started a conversation, you know, the typical conversation here, where are you from? What oh, do you do? I hate those guys. And God. it's irritating, not because I don't mind sharing it, yeah. but because I don't want those things. We, we use that to construct how we define a person and how we're going to approach them. Yeah. Same reason why I hate business cards in Japan or mm. just in general. Yeah. Uh, culturally, I, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. You want to make sure you're not upsetting anyone. You want to make sure you're talking to them in the right tone. Come on, guys. Like, are you really going to let, like, my job define this conversation oh, or my country? I feel you. And it's so easy, especially in a country like Japan, um, to be like, you know, we've all been there. Oh, Japanese people. And we try to put, no, the, the people that you have met so far. Yes. In your experience mm-hmm. is how we should be thinking about it. So I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, it's so, uh, especially in the creative community or the one that I want to be a part of and help build. Um, there's no room for you to be so uncomfortable that you have to fall back on this idea of a country that you represent or to use that as a crutch, which is how they're usually used. And especially with with a uh, conversation with a lot of people in Japan that I mean, you know, oh, we don't, we don't do those things. Oh, this is an island. Look, as soon as you guys signed up for the internet, Islands were gone. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get in the plane, you don't you don't look down. Yeah. Trust me. Like, uh, so I really want to get to a point where we're having conversations, and this is a great thing about um, you know music, technology, art, and fashion. Yes. You get to transcends hundred percent nationality no and and well we've all we've all yeah. seen it when people sing we sing in the same language or play music yeah right and then they get off the mic and they they don't speak English. Or they don't speak yes. your language. Or they have this crazy accent. You're like, right. what the hell? Yes. And so that's what I found so beautiful. And that's why I think we're the next stage of our, you know, kind of sound. I feel like the, the, the man cave is taking over. It man. is. <laughs> it is, man. <laughs> let, it, let it take over. The, the next stage of us uh, evolving as a society um, is getting to a point where we can uh, really understand and f- understand ourselves and find the communities that re- reflect that. And then I'll see other communities that might be on another path or level and have an understanding and confidence in ourselves where we don't let it bother us, you know? Yeah. It's like, awesome, right. okay, I see where you're going, that's awesome, but we can intersect here. And that's that's where, like, the beauty happens. Yeah. Right. And that's where the great ideas happen. That's where the music is made, mm-hmm. proverbially and, and literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's that, that that's the kind of seed that started in my head. Yeah. And I knew to make sure that I kept on that track, I had to create enough um, flexibility and uh, yeah, well, yeah, enough flexibility in my concept that I could have a couple crazy goals in the future, but they wouldn't distract me from deviating okay. uh, and growing naturally as a community. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I, you said something to me the other day or recently about, uh, what was it? You know, I think we were talking about the podcast mm. and, you know, us having people on from all walks of life. Mm. And you said something about the word international, an international yeah. community. Yeah. yeah. For some, some reason, some people might think that that just means foreigners. Sure. Here in Japan. But... It actually includes Japanese. Right, right. So I said that to say that just like as, you know, with our podcast, international community has a lot of Japanese in it, right? Sure. You know, it's not just like these, I guess, these these gaijin, these foreigners creating mm. a world that's just for them. Sure. But, you know, we, we're creating a world in a country that's very different, but we're trying to change things, but also include, right, be right. all-inclusive. Right. And, and, you know, I guess maybe the type of Japanese that would be in those communities, maybe most of them have been overseas and kind of experienced diversity. Mm. Right. And, and those are maybe more of the Japanese that are inclined to right. be a part of the community. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's such a weird uh, word and, and how it's used and kind of uh, the reaction you get from it. So kind of as a general rule, I avoid uh, a lot of those words and 
my rhetoric, what I'm describing uh, on one. Because okay. again, it, we're just not there yet as a society. We kind of click into things when we when we pick them up, myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, international, for whatever weird reason, is not an inclusive word in Japan. And like any culture, it's when you see something that you don't identify as usual, you want to make sure you have a box for it. Absolutely. So that, you know, when it opens and stuff spills out, even regardless of whether that stuff that's spilling out is identifiable in your community as well, you can say, oh, that came from, from that box. Right, you know? right. That's not, that's not, a, oh, those, yeah, <laughs> those crazy gaijin. Yeah, 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 <laughs> basically. Yeah. But, you know, in the, in the same way, uh, we take advantage of that too, you know, the gaijin card. Yeah, of course. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I use yeah. that all. Oh, this. sorry, yeah. sir. <laughs> but, you know, and yeah. so, um, oh, you get that benefit of the doubt because of, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, for me, the way I see, you know, I'll, I'll say a couple words like uh, innovation, and especially in my industry, uh, diversity, international, um, flat structure. Those are words that get thrown a lot, thrown around a lot. What, what, um, what is what is I'm um, flat structure? Also, non-hierarchical. So okay, a lot gotcha. in like a, it's, okay, gotcha. it's a very like a startup kind yeah, of thing. Okay, gotcha. Right? There, there's no bosses here. Oh, there's okay. No, I see. We're all on the same level. It doesn't matter how old you are. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That thing's got me in so much trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, avoiding... I avoid using that rhetoric, but I can't avoid those kind of words. And words like entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, I was good. I was going to bring yeah, that, that up. That yeah. yeah, so back to... Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so at the last the the live recording yeah yeah which was fantastic I'm yeah. still vibing off that yeah um, yeah we gotta talk about how awesome that was yeah in a, in a minute but you know the word entrepreneur right or entrepreneur right now uh, when I say entrepreneur or startup particularly in Japan but I would say pretty much globally you think IT yes you think that's true San Francisco Silicon Valley yeah and you think you know nerdy Dudes from New England. Internet. (laughs) It's true. You're right. You're right. But the reality is startup and entrepreneurship is not a new thing. I mean, it's literally the first thing. (laughs) Yeah, I I think Brooklyn Terry said something about that. Yeah, he did. And and what he said was, I understand why he avoids, and a lot of uh, creative people avoid that kind of language because, especially in Japan, it can be very misleading about what the goals are. Okay. And... I think we all, especially in our little community here, we all understand that when we're starting something, community is first. Community and passion and you knowing what you want to do mm-hmm. and sticking to that. And as long as you have like two or three friends that are crazy enough to help you, you know, help you out, then you're good. But when you get into entrepreneurship, suddenly the language and mood changes where it's like, oh, I have this great idea for an app. and it's a community app and it's going to connect all these creatives and musicians and you're going to be able to record you guys do a podcast oh awesome so we have this like sound (laughs) app too on top of that this layer and because that word has kind of been stolen from us as a creative community uh, we run away from it but the problem with that is if we don't kind of steal that word back we have a, a lot of young people and creatives out there who think that doing their passion and losing all their money and not creating value at scale, and that, that doesn't mean just financial, right? That means for your community and growing. Yeah, sustainability, uh, cool. like you said, yeah. It's not cool, man. Yeah. It's not cool. It's I mean, not cool as in, like, you know, I'm cool or whatever, yeah. but, like, it's not cool that your passion cannot be converted into a sustainable lifestyle for you as a smart young individual who can make mistakes and take risks Make them now and try to start something and try to make it last. Um, the most dangerous thing I think we can do is put into minds that being a creative person is about fun and wasting all your money on drinks and a good time. And that can get very, uh, with the Instagram culture now, it's so it's yeah. dangerous, man. Yeah. Because you, you think, oh, I'm going to go out on a night, I'm going to spend 500 bucks. But you know, I'm living my this my live my good life. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's why um although I completely agree with uh 
distractive or maybe the misinterpretation that can cause um, a misunderstanding about the words entrepreneurship or startup. Um, we really got to get more guys out there showing the right example and preaching the right kind of uh, values from the bottom up. But yeah. Now, would you say that own one? Because, you, mm. uh, you know, just listening to what you're saying now, maybe we should call it a shared energy. Hmm. Like uh, looking instead of looking at things, because I, I feel right now I feel this way, hmm. and uh, and I have a you know I have a feeling that the word two words are going to be eliminated. Hmm. It's going to be race. Hmm. There's only one race and now. nationality. <laughs> I mean nationalism. Yeah, because that shit starts wars. That shit shows yeah. that I'm better than you. Mine is this. That shit was it, made to start wars. Absolutely, <laughs> you know to separate yeah. us. And I think that once we get rid of those two words, yeah, um, and those mindsets, mm-hmm. um, the world will start vibing. Yeah, it'll you reset. Know? Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Like when I see a Japanese person, uh, I don't give a fuck if you're Japanese. If we have this <laughs> shared energy and shared vision, mm. let's do it. Yeah, you know, and I feel that love is an energy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you can't stop it. So if you have the right energy. Mm. It's going to happen. It's sort of like people have been anti-gay or against. It seemed like the more you fight against something, the more mm-hmm. of it you see. Absolutely. And so you're not going to stop love. It seems like so this I, is the right song yeah, to yeah, be going, playing man. in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say you're not going to stop love. Hate is an energy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel that if we... If people collectively get together with these shared How much did you pay energy, for this? I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I timed it. Oh, he's, uh, he's singing his ass off in that yeah, lady's yeah, yeah. dress. He is. It's a shared energy. Yeah, shared energy. This is Lee Oihara, host of The House of Life NYC, and you're listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. Yeah, so before we uh, get out of here, um, I think we I mentioned this earlier, man. We've been, we've been recording all day. My mind is kind of like... <laughs> Back to the live podcast we did. Oh, man, oh, that was that, dope. I'm still vibing off that. We want to thank you again, Jimmy, for absolutely, uh, yeah, inviting us. And I just helped set up the mics, man. You yeah. guys brought all the content. But, but you know, we're still grateful for the opportunity. You know, look, I'm so fucking grateful. I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful to your damn parents who put you into the world. I'm grateful for whoever gave you the idea of coming to Japan. And I feel that about everybody that I meet, right? I'm grateful to the ABC Coffee Shop. Mm. I'm grateful to the guys that run Yeah, shout out to the ABC Coffee Shop. Yeah, Yeah. their staff. I'm grateful to the people that clean the toilets. Alvin, right? Because all that made it possible for us to... I'm grateful to Cliff for meeting you and then introducing... uh, You know, so... So man, it, it, it's like don't take that for granted, man. Yeah, what's that 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 event really sized up, and I think uh, yeah, exactly what I hope to accomplish. Especially last in the last year, what I really hope to accomplish, and that was is bringing together amazing people and doing what I can do to provide an environment where that can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And uh, just the idea of like, you know, I'm sure you guys would have stumbled upon it eventually, but hey, why don't we do the live podcast or do the podcast live? Yeah, yeah, yeah and just yeah, like yeah. do it in a space and see what it feels like. And yeah, as soon as yeah. he brought it up to me, I was like, "When? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get this shit yeah, started yeah. right now." And on a personal level, <laughs> like I was, I didn't realize how much seeing four guys that look like me. Mm. Oh, you 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 hit you hit <laughs> four black dudes, four brothers that. You got you got you got to point out hustling me, you know, in a good way. You know, you got to have you got to have that bar, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that are dropping as you would say the gems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and just seeing it and, and hearing about what they've accomplished. Yes. And so I'm just sitting there like and they the, and they're accessible. These aren't, you know, some guys in ivory towers, you know, yeah. that only let themselves out every once in a while. These guys are talking about the same stuff that I've been talking about with myself for the last year. And that was just incredible. So collective energy, my brother. So to to add to that, Jimmy, you know, um, I'll say that when you when you came to me with the idea, I was like, cool. I was cool with it. I'm cool. I was like, all right, first live, that that'd be dope. But I really wanted to put something together hmm. that created that energy, right? Um, I put a lot into what into what I do as far as this podcast. So. I say that to say that when you when you when you brought that idea to me, I said, okay, 
Mm. Who am I going to bring on? Now, there's a lot of people that we, you know, we're interested in bringing on the podcast. But I was like, I want to bring somebody on that can provide. Not to say that people can't, but I, I've been to Speakeasy. Mm. I've been to Soulful House. Um, so, uh, you know, for those listening our, our who didn't uh, listen to the live yet um, or our previous episodes, our special guests were uh, BK Terry, who's um, creator and um, organizer of the Speakeasy, a monthly dance event in Tokyo. And our other guest was David Whitaker, who owns uh, Soulful House with his wife. So I've been to those environments and I've been, I've felt what they created and, and felt good in their environments. And I felt the energy in both environments from the dance perspective, um, you know, from, from the food perspective, but also just from a community perspective. So that's who I wanted. Mm. That's who I wanted to, for the first live. Right. And to add to that, I said, yeah, okay. We're all inclusive on this podcast. We've had white, black, gay, American, European, doesn't matter. Right. Um, we've had a sex worker on. So, but we I had said, a pre- we, had a we had a preacher. We had a preacher. We had lawyers. lawyers. We can keep yeah. going. We'll be going. Yeah, we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep going. So, like uh, President Obama. But I felt that it was important for us to be there. When I say us, just like you mentioned, us people that look like you, people that look like me, and and that's why that's another reason why I chose the two guests I chose. So I think there is, it's not a coincidence. Yeah, that a lot of the creative people you find. In, on this podcast mm-hmm. are a minority or part of a minority community. And the reason for that is we're used to working twice as hard to get to the same place, if not a few steps back from the same place as someone else might have. Yeah. And when we talk about people who are going to be pushing us forward in this next evolution of our society... Although we're not always celebrated, because most pioneers end up dying in the woods, uh, I think we will be remembered. And at least we will be more easily identifiable as the type of people who can push agendas forward at a human level. And when the politics start crumbling, when being from this place or this community that I was given at birth or defined as doesn't satisfy us in the right ways, and we leave we're going to find that we all those outcasts have a lot more in common yes Absolutely. and just like we're seeing uh, today with this parade that the numbers are a lot bigger than you might expect and that's including people that are supporting you absolutely yeah. so you know the, the the most but the most important thing is just like the parade in this event it's great to make noise it's great to show that you have the numbers but if you do not have a plan for action, and if you don't have a plan for sustainability again, to f- it's not going to be everybody. To find the, those 10% of people who are really invested uh, on a life level to pushing things forward, if we can't convert that potential into that energy and turn that energy into action, um, we're not going to get what we want or what we deserve. And I yeah. think that's what we all understand. I might not have articulated as best as I no, wanted did. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the reason. That's why it's important to see people like you and people that aren't like you. And yeah. I said it before myself. Uh, I'm so grateful for the people that I work with that I don't understand anything about what they do. Mm. Because they constantly remind you that you don't need to always get it. And you don't need to always agree with it. To have someone or some group in your life that helps you push forward as an individual um and that's part of the ethos and i hope i never forget yes absolutely yeah all right man we yeah. definitely but you know just to say one quick thing mm-hmm. having us four brothers there vibing at jimmy's event you know also we're we don't try to do it mm. but i know it's happening we also want to kill a perception of black men Absolutely. in Japan as the one that's out here running hoes, fucking yeah. hoes, and, and pulling and, and dancing I'm, I'm and, Nigerian, and jiving so I'm <laughs> and shit like that, right? You know, because that's the perception, you know, That's because uh, I came over here in 1980. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was, oh, you're a playboy, you're this, you're that. Sure. No, we, we, we um, our goal is to, it's community. 
it's to it's show people what's happening here in Tokyo. And we ain't talking no sushi temples and shrines, even though we love sushi temples and shrines. But we want to show people that there's more to it. And when you travel from overseas and you're curious about coming to Japan and you have this ideal of this talent or this uniqueness about yourself, you can express it. You could you could define it. You could you could sharpen it up. You could make it happen here outside of America. So you don't have to be in America to be, quote unquote, successful. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And there's, so, there's one other bit I got to say yeah. before I leave. Yeah. Uh, one of the most instrumental people and partners I've had moving forward with On One is Mary. So shout out to Mary. Yes, I, I was going to bring I got Mary up. up on the big mission here. Shout <laughs> yeah, out yeah, to yeah. Mary. Uh, well, without without her, I'd be people, lost man. in my thoughts. You're supporting, so. yeah. you're supporting so folks. many people out yeah. there that have been there since day one. Delaney as well. Shout out to Delaney. Delaney, yes. Uh, yes. So, um, no, thank you for, for the time, man. This, yeah. this is a magical little box yeah. you guys yeah. got. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for your thank time, you, man. man. We yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Th- yeah. Thank you for coming in and, and, yes, and adding some value to, to the cave and, and our conversations you and know, our this episodes. This is the first time we've ever had a CEO in the Mobile Man Cave. Is, is this it the first time? I'm not sure. I got to go back and oh, you got to go back. Trouble. <laughs> God, damn it. God damn it! I'll say it's the first time, and if I'm wrong, the CEO of a company of one. So don't worry. There you go. But what's the yeah. uh, what's the next on one event? Uh, when is it? Uh, uh, next on one event is in planning, but we do it once a month. Okay. So it always pops up. Um, we're trying to get trying to get three months ahead. Okay. It's coming soon. I like that, Jimi Hendrix. Actually, my I was named after Jimi Hendrix. My dad oh. was a big See? guitar head. And I, and I failed him by not dying of drug overdose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and not playing guitar as well as nah. he did. <laughs> All right, so you said yeah. every month on one event. Everyone, uh, sorry, every month on one event. So you can find us at, uh, at On One Tokyo on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but, yeah, yeah. That's it. All right. That's what's up, baby. All right, we out of here. Right. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com or you can head straight to Google and type in Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.